Welcome to another episode of the Lazy Moms Podcast. Today I have Amanda with me today. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Amanda. Thank you for taking this time out to sit with me and talk to me about this topic that I have no knowledge of. The only time I've really actually ever thought about this was during the shutdown. (laughs) And um, at one point I thought, hey, I could homeschool my kids. And then they were home and I was like, nope, (laughs) not for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So as you all can guess, today I'm going to be talking to Amanda about homeschooling and what exactly made you decide to homeschool your children and how that's going for you. So I decided actually before I even had kids that I wanted to homeschool them. I am a ex-teacher. Oh, okay. And I also was the bad kid at school in like every single grade. Like up until like sixth grade, I absolutely hated school. And uh, I became a teacher because I I guess I wanted to see how it was like on the other side (laughs) Um, and kind of figure out what was wrong, like why I hated it so much. And then I, you know, I just realized that this place isn't for me. And I kind of figured my kids are my biological children, so they're probably going to be a great deal like me. And one of them is like a freaking carbon copy of me. It's not even funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to put you there because I know you'll hate it, too. <laughs> no offense. I'm, I'm really not down on schools. I loved being a teacher. Um, I did not like most of my administrators, but like the kids and the families was just the best. That's always like the big thing is the people in charge who don't know the day to day make it so hard. And then for Mm -hmm. those who are actually like in the trenches. (laughs) Yeah. And then they walk into your classroom twice throughout the whole year and write an evaluation about you. Like, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. But yeah, no. So I I love teaching. And I think it's one of the things I like most about homeschooling my kids is because I've never taught elementary level. I was a middle school science teacher. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's mostly what I know. Um, the, the whole elementary stuff, I'm like, all right, how do people learn how to read? I don't really know. <laughs> this is, this is, it's, it's a totally different animal. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we, we're not like completely secluded homeschoolers. We don't just stay home. That was never going to be part of the plan. There were always going to be like classes and stuff that my kids took and, And we've gotten so involved in the homeschool community this past year that I almost regret our level of involvement. (laughs) It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of moving pieces, Um, but it's also a lot of fun. And my kids are making really good relationships with other kids, which is super fun. Right. Because I think what when people hear homeschool, they're thinking, okay, they're at home all the time. They don't have a lot of like social like social connections because Mm -hmm. you're just home. So Mm -hmm. to hear that there is a homeschool community, I actually never even knew that. I think that was also my biggest thing. It's like, oh my God, these kids are going to be home with me 24-7. I can't do it. More power to everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, the the 24-7 thing is tough. I'm really lucky because my parents live, um, they live locally. They're about 12 miles from us. And pretty much every Saturday morning, I drive to their house 
I kiss oh. my children and then I leave and come back Sunday. So, <laughs> um, that is beautiful. <laughs> right? I don't know how people do it when like they have family in like Connecticut or something. I'm like, oh, and my sister right. lives just a few blocks from me. Oh, so if I have to go to like an appointment or something and she works home, she works, she works remotely. So oh, I just wow. okay. drop the kids off with an iPad and go do an appointment if I need to. So nice. Yeah. I don't know how people do it without like family supports around. I think yeah. that'll be, that's so tough. Yeah. And so many people do it without family supports. I, I was, once I had kids, I was astounded at how many people didn't have family around. I, well, I mean, I like my family too. Maybe if I didn't like my family, I would. Yeah, that would be different. I'd be like, yeah, I'm staying away from you. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we were blessed with some great families. (laughs) Yeah, true story. It's a good thing. So is there like a particular curriculum that you follow for homeschool? Oh, that is like probably one of the the most talked about, like the question some people, like when homeschoolers get together, I kind of thought everyone would just be talking about their curriculum. Because, you know, I'm a teacher and I used to develop my own curriculum and I, and that's one of the things I also loved about being a teacher. It seems like everyone is, has such a headache from thinking about curriculum Mm -hmm. that they just like, we're not going to talk about this (laughs) (laughs) because we've all like went out and spent money on a curriculum because there are free curriculums you can find, but you know, there, some of them are meh, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. Right. But typically you spend money on it. Sometimes you spend a significant amount of money on it. Oh, wow. And then it just doesn't work for your kid. So I've, I've been through three different plans so far this year. Wow. And uh, one of them I bought secondhand at an amazing discount. So I don't feel too bad that, that didn't work. Right, right. The other one I bought on a sale at like a 30% discount. So I'm like a little sad because it still was kind of expensive. Right. <laughs> and what, what I have now is actually the cheapest of the three and it's working. Oh, look at that. See, people always think the most expensive thing is what's needed <laughs> when yeah. it's really not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's tough because this is our first year of like officially homeschooling because in New York state, you don't have to register for homeschool till your kid's going to be six in the fall. Um, oh yeah so since we were we were kind of doing it before but I wasn't doing any paperwork or anything so now since we're officially doing it I feel like I have to be organized and so that's yeah the curriculum thing has been kind of like oh what is happening like (laughs) yeah you don't know what your kids need when you start so you just you know close your eyes and throw a dart (laughs) say well let's try this it works (laughs) yeah I picked something that I thought I would have wanted as a kid and it did not work (laughs) so I'm like maybe I'm just not good with that method of teaching but whatever (laughs) what we have now works right so that's that's really good though so you do have to register with the state and everything so do you have to follow um like do those like state um exams and stuff that they do in school New York State I guess in comparison to other states has some of the most stringent regulations, but I really don't think it's that stringent. But then again, I'm probably just comparing it to what it's like to be a teacher. Like I had to submit every single lesson plan. They had to get feedback, all of this other stuff. But in New York state, all you have to submit is a letter that says, I want to homeschool my kid. And then you submit a plan. So for each subject, you have to say, we're going to do like, my kids are in kindergarten. So 
We're going to play around with the alphabet and learn letter sounds and go to the library a lot. That's really all I wrote. You know, and we are doing more than that. One of my kids is doing more than that. Right. But it's not in the plan, so I don't talk about it. And then you have to do four quarterly reports, which basically you say, yeah, we did 80% of the work, at least 80% of the work, and we're making sufficient gains. That's all you, it's, some people put so much effort into this paperwork. And I joined one of the local unschooling groups at the beginning of the year to try and figure out how they do their paperwork because they don't follow a curriculum. That's oh. what unschooling is. They don't do a curriculum. And um, I'm like, how do you guys do it? So I just learned how about their paperwork and they have such an easy way to do it. And I just, I'm in the city of Rochester. So I just followed someone who's also in the city of Rochester and just copied their way of doing it. Wow. And so far I've submitted two quarterly reports and no one says anything about anything I wrote. And then at the end of the year, you have to write a narrative. And then starting in fourth grade, you have a choice between writing a narrative at the end of the year about how your kid's doing or taking a state test. And you're only required to do a state test every other year. So most people do a state test in fifth grade and a state test in seventh grade. And high school is a whole different beast. But Oh my gosh. Do you plan on homeschooling your kids still? I don't really plan anything past two weeks. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I could see myself teaching high school. I taught high school a little bit before I moved down to middle school. I do not like teaching high school. I, I don't like high schoolers. Um, <laughs> I can't wait till my kids are middle schoolers. Um, <laughs> It's not a lot of paperwork. People are like, oh gosh, I'm moving here from Florida. How do I handle this? I'm like, it's like six pieces of paper a year. That's actually not bad. No, and the city of the city of Rochester, you do it all through email. You just send them in an email and they respond saying, thank you. Wow, well, that's good. Cause in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to send in so much stuff plus do these lesson plans that have to be sent in and I don't even know my left from my right. So I'm going to do all these lesson plans. No, <laughs> no, we don't. I mean, man, don't let anyone from the city listen to this. They're going to think that <laughs> I'm telling people to slack, but I think, I think for the most part, if some, if a parent is going to choose to homeschool their kid, like they know it's going to be a lot of work, you know, right, right. they're not going to, no parent wants their kid to not learn how to read, to not learn enough to be able to get a job like parents who homeschool versus sending their kids to school they both want the same thing for their kids you know right. we just want to do it in different ways so you're not gonna I mean okay there are totally weeks we slack off but I was a teacher there were totally weeks that I slacked off as a teacher you know right it, right it's, it's really no different so I just have a lot less students now <laughs> right <laughs> I think they probably don't have a lot of paperwork for you to do just because they know how much work it is mm. and plus it's like an everyday thing so it's not like you know teachers you go to work and at like five or six you're just like okay I'm done I'm not worrying about somebody else's kid whereas this is like yeah five or six you're still dealing with your child oh yep very very much so and like you said they know that you're not gonna allow your kids to fall behind so it's like, why are we having you spend so much time with all this paper when you could be spending most of the time teaching and having them do all these like experiences, which is really awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, at least all the homeschoolers I hang around with, I would be shocked if any of them would willfully let their child not learn things, you know? Right. So is the homeschool community, is it, is there a lot of people a part of that? 
And do you guys like, I don't know, how does that work? So I'm, I'm actually part of a very small segment of the homeschool community. Um, I am a, I homeschool for secular reasons, non-religious reasons. Okay. So the majority of homeschoolers, like the overwhelming majority, I heard once that it was like 70% of homeschoolers um, homeschooled for Christian reasons. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then the other 30% are other religions. Um, and then like the secular homeschools, it doesn't necessarily mean that we aren't religious people, but that our reasons for homeschooling aren't tied to religion. Religion, right, right. So, um, so we're actually, we are a very small community. <laughs> and then on top of that, um, the specific group of secular homeschoolers that I hang out with are also people who have immunocompromised family members. So we have to take uh, COVID very seriously. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, you don't, you don't see a lot of masks and willful vaccination in the homeschooling community. Um, but in the group that I uh, spend most of my time in, that's that's how it is. So yeah, I'm I'm in a very tiny little segment <laughs> of the the homeschool world. But yeah, there's there's so many co-ops. Like co-ops are organizations that basically offer classes for your kids, and sometimes they're drop-off classes. One of the co-ops that I'm a part of is it's not as I guess it's a secular co-op, but it's not it doesn't like specifically say it. It's not a religious co-op. But that one's a drop-off program, and that's once a week. So once a week, I do get a break. And But the other co-op, which is about one or two times a week, uh, that's not a drop-off program, which is actually kind of nice, because then I hang out with the other parents and chat with them. Right, have right. friends that way, you know? Right. So is it like, um, you say classes, like what kind of classes? Well, the, the co-op that I drop my kids off at is a Waldorf-based program. Waldorf is a style of education that's heavy on things like art and music and fairy tales. And they kind of just use the arts in order to weave in the rest of the world. You know, when you learn about like the digestive system, you draw a beautiful picture of the inside of a, a body, things like that. So it's just, I mean, my kids again are in kindergarten, so they're just like doing stories and like finger knitting and stuff like that. Right. But it's just, it's a nice and fun thing. Um, our secular co-op, we have a forest school that meets once a month. And so we just basically go outside, we learn hiking, identifying plants, learning about the animals, learning about the seasons, how to light a fire. And we're slowly learning just more survival skills with the group. And then we also have our co-op day, which our co-op day has four different classes. We have a, a story time and craft. We have a physical education block and a science block and an art block. So, and that's all run, all those classes are taught by the parents on the co-op. So different oh. parents volunteer each. Well, the, I'm one of the four school teachers and we have, it's just two of us each time. It's the same two teachers each time. But for the co-op day, parents volunteer different days to teach different things. I've done one and it's like, I got to figure out something else to do. Like I want to contribute, but I just, I don't know. But the kids did like the thing I did. So maybe I shouldn't think they don't want to do anything I want to do. So right. <laughs> <laughs> if they like it, hey, it's working. <laughs> right. So yeah. And then, and there's a whole bunch of other co-ops in the Rochester area. And it, that's basically what they do. They just offer art classes, science classes, history classes. Maybe if there's a thing 
like you know you feel real confident teaching reading um, and history but you don't feel confident teaching math you can find someone who can help fill that gap that sort of thing okay so do you do these co-ops in your homes or is there like a um a place where everyone kind of like goes and yeah so um yeah it's usually it's someplace else so for for our secular co-op because it's you know january in rochester we are we rent out a lodge oh and and then the waldorf one that they go to they actually rent out space in a church Oh, okay. So since that's a weekly thing, they do it every week. And they have several, I don't know, classrooms that they rent out for kids of different grades. So. Oh, wow. Well, that's good because I, again, in my mind, I'm thinking I would have had to have done this all the time. Like all the the classes and yeah, that wasn't happening. But hearing that, (laughs) that, you know, there are these co-ops and um, just different classes that they can go to mm-hmm. because math is not my strong suit. I'm not even going to lie. So <laughs> that's my husband's strong suit. But if there was somebody, someone else within the co-op that can do it better, that's nice to know that, you know, for the homeschool community, there is, a, you know, there would be someone to actually handle that and not me struggling through math along with my children and we're learning together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and the other cool thing about the co-op is like if one parent is really good at math and another one's really good at reading, you know, if they've got a kid who's struggling in math, they'll connect with that that parent who's really good at math and they set up like tutoring swaps. You know, they'll like swap kids and say like, oh, can you help my kid with reading? I'll help your kid with math. You know, some parents even pay other parents. So it's just because, yeah, a lot of us, we, we all have different skill sets. <laughs> right. No one can do it all. Like that's nuts. Nobody does that. Right. Although I'm not interested (laughs) in homeschooling, that's really good to know that that's there because in the back of my mind, I'm just like, oh man, this was not going to work out for me at all. But (laughs) hearing that there is a community out there and I wouldn't be alone, because that's also one of those things where people, once you hear about homeschool and all of that, in your mind, it's just like, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be around my kids all the time no adult connections or anything and it just feels like distress yeah sounds like stress so (laughs) and there's there's definitely some weeks where it is stress and and I'll say like since we officially started this past September month of December I basically just we just quit I'm like you know what it's kindergarten I just don't care and I just I just sort of put everything on pause like what we're doing is not working and we just really thought about it. We started really slow, trying up a couple of new things. And then now we're on a new schedule where we do three weeks on, one week off. So I always know that there's that break coming, that we're just gonna be able to hang around, read books, play Minecraft, go outside and take a walk, and that's our day. So like having that built-in recuperation, I don't know, like we've been super productive for the month of January. It was, I was very proud of it. Oh, that's really awesome. I like that schedule because then it doesn't feel so overwhelming. You know that, hey, that that break is coming. So, right. <laughs> so I'm gonna have that break time where we don't have to like be so stringent on our schedule. It's there's gonna be time where you know we we can relax and do mm-hmm. other things. Still learning, but learning in a different way where it's not so like you know so traditional. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like we 
go outside and walk. And even in that, they'll learn about nature. They'll learn about different things. And mm-hmm. they're getting exercise in because yeah. they're walking. So <laughs> that's all that's, that's all built in there. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. I guess in my mind, I always thought, oh, you know, it had to be every day, all day. And <laughs> well, there are people that do that. We don't call them homeschoolers. We call them people who do school at home. <laughs> so I do not do school at home. Like we go for a walk. Well, we kind of got out of the habit of going for a walk in December. Uh, my wife is a jeweler and the month of December is absolute chaos in our world. She works so many extra hours. Uh-huh. Um, so everything's just nuts. But we, we're getting back into the habit of our morning walk. We go for a morning walk and then we come, we sit down, we do maybe an hour of work we take a little break we do another half an hour lesson and, and then we're pretty much done for the day we exactly. we don't spend all day working at it but but they're really they're learning all day like when we're cooking you know i'll say you know we're gonna put in i put in two cups of flour and i need to put one more in how many cups of flour is that all together right so just i mean just all the little things you do here and there because you know all right this kid is still struggling with numbers between seven and nine so i'm going to be asking questions about that right and, you know this kid wants to count to 30 and you know it's just i don't know a more intimate way to like see their knowledge and play it out and, and make it real for them that's awesome that is because uh, i think kids learn more from what they do every day mm-hmm. than really what they learn at school like yeah they're learning but it's one of those things where it's going in one ear and out the other or we <laughs> learn in the moment and then once we leave that classroom I have no idea what that teacher just told me <laughs> mm-hmm. whereas if like you said you're cooking and you're asking those questions they're learning without even realizing that they're yeah. learning and it's fun mm-hmm. they're doing something that they like they're doing something fun they're doing something together and it's just like oh I learned my I learned how to add oh I learned how to multiply oh I learned how to subtract so, <laughs> well, and it comes up in the cutest ways. Like we have this little turtle that lights up stars on the ceiling when the kids go to bed. Oh. And one of my kids is, is she's having a harder time than the other one with picking up things like numbers and letters. But um, last month or at the beginning of this month, she was we were working on the number four and the fact that two pairs makes four. And that's how you can identify a group of four. Right. She was just looking at the stars and she's like, Mama look, there's a pair, there's a pair, and together, that makes four. That's right, right? It was just so cute. Oh, that's awesome. Like, oh. And now we're we're at, like, shapes and stuff right now, and so she's starting to talk about, like, octagons and putting things together. She just, she doesn't relate to the world in a very traditional academic way, so trying to measure her learning is very different than, I think, you know, measuring. I have twins, so measuring her twin sisters. So right. even though they're the same age, grow up in the same house, like I don't even think they're related. So <laughs> Isn't that with every sibling? I know. Like, <laughs> like you look exactly the same. How how do you behave so differently? It's like I, I don't know how that happens, but <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I think it's intentional. It probably is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause I I say that about my kids. It's like how are you all so different? <laughs> but yeah, so how how do your girls like being 
doing this homeschool? Do they enjoy not having to go to traditional school or they haven't even like, they don't even realize it right now? So I haven't told them too much about my experience as a kid because I really don't want to negatively influence their thoughts about school because, you know, things could change in an instant in our family situation. Right. The, the most expensive part about homeschooling is the fact that I've given up my ability to make an income. Right. So like that's that's pretty substantial. <laughs> but our neighbor's kids go to school and one of them is the same age as my kids. The other one's two years older and they hate it. So I'm like, wow. you know, they think that their kids come home and talk about how horrible it is. <laughs> And I mean, they, they're in, you know, from everything I've heard, a great, wonderful, loving environment in their school. Like, it sounds really great. Everyone's trying really hard to help them, like, acclimate better. But yeah, they're just, they are just not enjoying their experience there. And they share that with my children. So my <laughs> kids are super, and also they know that um, my neighbors have to leave at like 7.30 in the morning to drive their kids to school. And my kids uh. get out of bed at 7.30 in the morning. Gosh, so they're like, yeah, that's not for me right there. (laughs) No, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. Like one of mine would probably sleep until like 8.30 most days if we weren't. We have a very small house, so we're not quiet when we wake up. So... Well, they're, well, that's good that right now they're just kind of, they're enjoying it. And like you said, it can change at any moment mm-hmm. where if they get older, they might want to, but it's good that they're getting this, this experience because it'll be something to like compare it to later if they decide to go to regular school. Yeah. Well, I figure one of my kids is incredibly musical and I'll be so shocked if she doesn't end up at the school for the arts. I mean, that's just such an awesome and unique program. And I think it's just so up her alley. And I'll be really interested if my other one ever wants to go. (laughs) We'll we'll see. We'll see. She might want to try it out and then maybe she'll like it. Who knows? I won't say no. I won't say no. It's it's all a learning experience, but it's so good to start them this early because then Mm -hmm. you open their minds to different things than to like you said your neighbor's kids where they hate going to school and and that's what they what they have in their minds all throughout their school experience and that's just so horrible because you don't want kids to hate learning yeah you might they may hate going to school but i'm sure they enjoy like learning stuff but it's just the whole traditional school schedule Mm -hmm. and sometimes dealing with other kids that you don't really want to be around or yeah you know it's just and plus sometimes it's overstimulating so oh yeah so for a parent who might want to go the homeschool route what would you say to them or what would you say would be the first thing they should look into or do well I mean I think it depends on where like how old their kid is if their kid has been going to school Probably one of the best ideas is something called de-schooling because, you know, your whole family, your kid, you've been so used to this idea of what school is and, you know, that education is is found in school and through this method. And homeschooling doesn't have to be that way. Like I said, you could do school at home. Like, that's fine. Some people do it. But if school, if you're choosing to homeschool because school isn't working for your kid, then you probably don't want to do school at home. Right. And so the process of de-schooling is basically just stay home for a few weeks, sometimes even a couple of months, and just relax. Just get it out of your system, find what you're interested in, gravitate towards that. And then, you know, depending on 
what the experience was in school. I, I don't want to say recover, but I mean, for someone like me, that's kind of how I felt when I finally got to leave school. Right. Um, so college was nice. I liked college. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that de-schooling thing is important. And like when you're going through that de-schooling thing, you know, we're so lucky here in Rochester. We have so many different types of co-ops. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even one just as specialized as the one that I'm in, there's probably like so many other different specializations. You know, just look them up on Facebook. They all have a Facebook page. And ah. you can start chatting with parents there and say, okay, here's what my kid was struggling with. What do you suggest? And then they might say, oh, well, your kid's dyslexic. Hey, this reading program is the best for dyslexic kids. Try this one out. You know, things like that. You'll get so much information. And then just take it slow. You know, maybe do a 15-minute reading lesson and then go watch a TV show and then come back for a 15-minute math lesson and bring cookies. It's just... <laughs> Like, like, I can tell when my kids are struggling, like I have one who's your typical academic. If she was in a class, she would be the teacher's pet and she would just make everyone feel upset. Um, All the students, they would be like, oh, why are you kissing her butt? And and then my other one is the kid who would be on the chairs, on on the tables, jumping around and throwing things. So um, (laughs) we, we have a very interesting day. But, you know, there are times I really just bring a bag of chocolate chips to the table. I'm like, awesome, you wrote the letter five. Here's a chocolate chip. Because sometimes we just need that in order to right. get through the day. And I don't think there's any shame in that. I really don't. Every parent knows their kid better than anyone else ever will. Right. And, you know, you just use that time to really get to know your kid even better, get to know yourself, what you're comfortable with, and then just take it slow. I did not take it slow in the beginning of the year, and that was my mistake. I jumped in with like so much stuff, like this ridiculously planned, detailed day. I'm like, I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) What am I thinking? I like that taking it slow and de-schooling because Mm. I feel like if I were to homeschool, I'd be that parent who would jump in and then get burned out and then just Mm -hmm. say, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. But like you said, taking that time to kind of de-school and not worry about it for the first like month or so or, or a couple of weeks, however long it takes, and then slowly start incorporating learning into the day. Mm-hmm. I like that because then it doesn't make it feel so stringent and so like rigid. Right. Like and that's what that's what the kids need and that's definitely what us parents need. Right. Because we have to be the one teaching. <laughs> right. Because like when you homeschool there's no failing like you don't like when you're in school the teacher says you have to meet these objectives if you don't meet these objectives sufficiently then you have failed seventh grade and you need to do it again but there's no failing in homeschool so we're working through a kindergarten math program we did start it a little late into the year we might not finish it in june maybe we'll finish it in august like who cares when we start the first first grade kindergarten math program who cares if I started in September or November? It doesn't matter because my kids are going to be progressing. They're going to be moving forward. They're going to be learning. And it doesn't have to happen at the pace that everyone else thinks that they need to learn at. Right. And that's so important to know because you always feel like everything has to happen at that pace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it really doesn't because kids learn differently. Like one of my daughters, well, One of my daughters, she learns very quickly. She's the youngest. 
Mm-hmm. And people are always surprised, like, oh my gosh, like she retains a lot of information. While the other ones, my son and my other two daughters, it takes them a minute. Mm-hmm. Like you can teach them something, but don't expect them to know right away. They need processing time. That's why it's so important to just like not be on that stringent timeline because sometimes, you know, they they, they need that processing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that definitely. could be like a month or two or three. Doesn't yeah. really matter as long as they get it, because it's not like they're behind. Mm-hmm. So Right, because like kids' brains, they're not like our brains. You know, they're right. not adult brains. Right, they're still right. developing, and we can't compare. Like, listen, I read this, and I know it now. Like, we can't compare their brains to our brains. And yeah. every kid's brain is going to develop differently. Right. We don't follow the same path. We really don't. <laughs> we may all get to a similar place, but just but not at us, the same time. <laughs> yeah. Some of us take the windy path. Some of us take the gondola. Right. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. But thank you so much. This was definitely eye opening, especially for me. And I'm sure for other parents out there, because I know for um, my friends and family, when you think of homeschool, you're thinking of school at home. Mm. And you're thinking of, okay, now I have to create this whole big lesson plan. Whereas if they're at regular school, Mm-hmm. The teacher does that. Right, right, right. <laughs> and now all that responsibility is on me. And I have to make sure they get up at eight and factor in lunch and recess mm-hmm. and all of that. And that can be so overwhelming. But to know that, you know, it doesn't have to be that like rigid and that stringent mm-hmm. of a schedule. You can kind of ebb and flow your day. Yes. As long as they're getting some learning in, it's fine. And you do have that community of other homeschoolers and homeschool parents to connect with and actually learn from and socialize with, which is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> not feeling so alone. So it's it's really great to know that. So thank you so much for sharing that. I really did um I really did learn a lot from this conversation. Awesome. <laughs> I really I really thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it because this is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I I see all your posts and I'm just like Oh my gosh, she looks like she's having so much fun. But in my head, I'm like, how? How how can you have fun homeschooling? <laughs> like, how can you enjoy this? But then I see like I see the pictures of you, you know, you and your kids going out on walks and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, that looks like so much fun. I bet you it's not, but now I understand that it is because <laughs> it is, it's fun. And I'm so fortunate that I get to do it because it is absolutely a privilege. I'm so I'm happy that we're here right now and it's working for us. Right. I'm I'm so glad it's working for you. And for anyone else that would like to start a homeschool process, you know, listen to her steps and you know, try it out. If it doesn't work, you can always put your kids back in school. That's right. They're not going to say no. No one's going to be like, oh, these are homeschool kids. We don't want them. Right. Exactly. They're still going to take them. Right. And colleges love homeschool kids, by the way. Do they really? They do. (laughs) Because homeschool kids usually have a much broader experience. And they've also taught themselves how to learn already. Because a lot of homeschooled high schoolers basically teach themselves. So, so true. yeah, colleges love homeschool kids. Oh, I never realized <laughs> that. Look at that. I but was that- shocked to learn that too. And that's one of the ways I got my mom to kind of get buy-in for this because she was a little <laughs> nervous in the beginning. 
<laughs> Colleges love homeschool kids. Right. It's true because then they don't have to worry. Like, especially for classes that, you know, they just give you a syllabus and they're just like, okay, learn right. it. And that's it. For a homeschooler, it's like, oh, this is what I've already been doing. For other kids, yeah. it's like, wait, what? No. No, no, no. I need a schedule. Spoon feed me, please. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, that's, I mean, if I don't know if my kids will end up going to college, but if they want to, right. it'll be a, a good little thing on their resume. Oh, right. thinking about kids with resumes. I know, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, but thank you so much, Amanda, for taking this time out to speak with me. I really enjoyed this conversation. This was definitely eye-opening for me because I had a whole other thought of what homeschool was. <laughs> so thank you for helping me learn further you're about welcome. this topic <laughs> awesome if you're ever curious about anything else you just send me a message i'm happy to divulge anything <laughs> awesome awesome i definitely appreciate that yes we definitely have to have you back on i really enjoyed this conversation but thank you all for listening remember i upload every wednesday and if you have any questions for amanda or if you want to know where this where to start let um you know send me a message and i'll make sure it gets to amanda i am on oh Guys, I am now on iHeartRadio. I'm so excited about that. (laughs) So now I'm on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, Amazon, and Anchor. So now you can find me anywhere and find me every Wednesday. Stay tuned for another episode next week of the Lazy Moms Podcast.